you have to be a little, you know, a little delusional. You have to like pick something and believe in it and like make yourself feel good about it and just like lie to yourself so that you can, you know, like keep going and then eventually, you know, like reach the milestones that you want. Welcome back to another episode of This Industry Life Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Haskell. And I'm your co-host, Anthony Wilson. And I'm your producer, Katie Garland Noble. And today we have a magnificent guest, Chloe Oktosh, who has recently, in 2020, got a her short film into Sundance. Um, she's been in The Walking Dead um and now she is a actor and director living in los angeles california so welcome chloe i appreciate it nice to meet all of you so i guess i want to ask chloe how you kind of got started in the uh in the business well I really wanted to, I mean, I still act and I love acting, but originally I wanted to act. And so that was what I was putting all of my attention into. And then I went to a, a really awesome conservatory program for high school in North Carolina. And I had the best time ever, but I just kind of realized that as an actor, a lot of your career is in the hands of other people who are writing these scripts. And then maybe if you're lucky, you can audition. And maybe if you're lucky, you'll get it. And it just seemed like a lot of, if you're lucky, if you're lucky. And I was just like, you know, I'd rather just learn how to do this on my own so that, you know, maybe one day I can write something for myself and direct something for myself. And then I, um, applied for NYU. I didn't get in the first time. And then I, I applied again and I got in the second time. And that's when I really started to study filmmaking. They didn't, they didn't let you in the first time. So no, you- they didn't let me in the first time. I was very <laughs> upset. It was a horrible winter break. I was like, what is my life? My life is over, you know, you know, I what made you do it again? I just <laughs> felt, I just felt in my gut that they made a mistake. I was like, they made a mistake. They're going to mail me my acceptance letter any day now. Like they, they just don't know what they did. They, you know, and so I just kind of had that attitude the whole time of they made a mistake and I'm, I'm going to, you know, give them another chance to show. I love that so much. (laughs) That's amazing. Where is that confidence now? You know, like I let little things kind of stress me out but then when it when it comes to stuff like that I was like no they messed up I'm going to that school and I was like damn okay I want to bring that back heck yeah that's awesome I love it and you studied film there right yes I studied film and it was a lot of my friends in LA or I met at NYU and it was a lot of fun um it was really nice because we were kind of given the freedom to do whatever we wanted to do basically and I know like sometimes professors would say you know why don't you consider doing this or consider having your script this way or this way but it's up to you whether you want to really take you know their notes if you want to just you know do what you want so it was a really fun time to kind of 
explore and try new things. And it w I love New York. So it was a, it was a good time. Did you, were you raised somewhere? Like, were you raised in the city or like, was it a shock to move to New York or? I actually, I'm from North Carolina. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. And it, it's a city, but like I, there's mainly like two artsy areas. And by artsy areas, I mean, they have a thrift shop and a record shop. So <laughs> that is the epitome of the arts that I was grown up with. And so I always was obsessed with big cities. I think when I went to New York, uh, I was definitely a little scared, but I wanted so badly to be in a big city. I just loved big cities. So um, I feel like I was just, I was ready for it. Absolutely. And what did you like, what were some of the things you started making there? I know you made Mutt, which must've been like maybe your thesis or like senior year film yes. or something. Or, okay. Were, yeah, were, there, were there some short films before that? I made this, sh my first short film and went, well, first we did this like summer class where anyone transferring had to do this insane summer class where you were making, you were, it was a, a semester long class condensed into six weeks. So we essentially, you're in a group of, with a five and you have to, each of you have to make five films. So we were, we basically made, well, I had four people. Okay. So we basically made 20 short films in six weeks and it Aww. was very intense and really such a great exercise and just think of something and go. And like, you don't have time to really like get precious. Um, so I made a lot, I made like five shorts there. And then my um, more like produce short was called Fish Hook and I, and that was my uh, sophomore year, sophomore or junior year. And that was about if, if love was a person and like, she's terrible. And like, it, it tells the story about people falling in love, but from love, love's point of view. And so that was my, that was the film I made before I made Mutt. So much a good experience. Like, um, yeah. it, it so is Mutt based on like your mom's story? Like it was so real. It was so poignant. It was so stunning. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it was actually a story that I really appreciate that. It, it was a, a true story that happened to my mom. And she had told me about it when I was little. So I always remember that story. And then I was thinking, you know, that would be a really great film. Um, and so I, you know, kind of worked, you know, my mom let me you know, like read her short story and I kind of pulled things from that, but some of the, some of the things on set were improvised. Um, and then, uh, but anyway, but yeah, so it was my mom's story and I just really, really stuck with me and I really wanted to, to make it. So that's where that came from. Is your mom a writer too? She, write she is a writer. She, she is very talented she loves writing short stories um and so and when i was little um i always remember my mom was in a writing group or in a writing class so she would always write and talk about writing um and she writes mainly about stories from her childhood and so i just felt like you know i can sit around and try to make up 
a story that's very dramatic, but I'm, this is a, this is a, this is, I can't make anything up that's like that dramatic and that real. So I was like, I should just, you know, I should definitely, you know, make my mom's story a film. How did she feel when she saw that then? Like seeing it visually? I think that, I mean, I know she likes it. I think that at that point, you know, she had kind of processed what happened to her. And so it, it wasn't so, um, you know, uh, raw to her. And she was actually on set because my mom, cause it's a student film. So we're trying to save money. So my mom was cooking food for everyone. So my mom was actually on set, which was really nice because actors would ask her questions about her dad and her mom. And she could share with them, you know, like this is how they would act or how they wouldn't act. So that was really nice to have my mom there and have the actors talk to her. Was that the first time that your mom kind of saw you doing your thing? Oh, that's a good question. Um, honestly, I think so. Uh, I, I really think that it is. It's really funny too, because I feel like my parents have been more involved in my stuff, you know, than I want to, than I really recall. Like, I know that on Lance and a neck brace, my dad was like on set too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he was like our runner. <laughs> and he would like leave to go get stuff for us or pick up lunch. And if I, whenever I wanted to location scout, my dad would come with me. Dads are a great location scout tool. I have used this method many a time. I was in a project before and I needed a location. And I, and I you know, you don't want to spend you know, a lot. I mean, this Lance in a neck brace, you know, we had someone who was really uh, reasonable and, and I was really lucky. We worked out a, a price that was, that worked for me and for her, but, you know, for like other, you know, projects that aren't personal, you know, if you bring a dad, you know, you have this wholesome image. So people are like, oh, like she, you know, we'll just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut her a break. I mean, we'll cut it a little bit, you know, like, it's like a wholesome, you know, so dads, dads are the keys to locations. There you go. Yeah, I uh, I did a short film a couple of years ago and I involved my parents a lot just because I wanted them to like understand what I was going into. Yeah. And I guess I was just kind of wondering like, how was that with your family? Like, because they were, they've been so involved in your career, how do they understand the industry? It's so funny because I don't come from a family. I come from a family that, that appreciates the arts, but no one, my aunt has a career in the arts. My aunt is an artist. She's a painter, but my dad is a physics professor and my mom started her own like environmental consulting firm. So none of my parents have a, you know, career in the arts, but they greatly appreciate the arts. And when I was little, my dad would always make, you know, videos, like he had a camera and he would always make little videos and and put them on Vimeo. And they've always been very supportive of me. I think that all of us together uh, are learning more about the film industry, you know, as we go. I think we're Mm -hmm. all kind of like, I don't know, what is this normal? I I guess, okay. but they've, they always just wanted me to just do whatever I 
you know, wanted to do if I work hard at it. So they've been very supportive, but yeah, like, I don't know, I don't have anyone in my family who's in the industry. So mm-hmm. we're, we're learning as we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are, no matter if yeah, you're in the industry. Are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, True that. I guess, how did you know that you wanted to be in film? Like, what was that initial instinct that you said, I want to be an actor, I want to be a director? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I, when I was little, I mean, what kid isn't obsessed with movies? I was like very obsessed with movies. Um, but I didn't really think about making them. I'm trying to think of a film where I was like, this is, you know, this is what I want to do. I really love sitting down and watching a movie with an audience or like watching a movie with a friend or telling mm-hmm. a friend a story that I came up with and just like seeing people react and like seeing people react to Lance in a neck brace or seeing people even on set like laugh or or be moved by something I think those are the moments where I'm like I I like what I like this is something that's really important to me because I can make people feel things so Mm -hmm. I I can't I wish I had like a moment um yeah I will probably think of one after this is done um (laughs) but I'll just I'll just say that uh for now (laughs) how as a director do you do you get the audience to a moment where they can laugh? Like, how do you create that scenario for your audience? I think that it all starts with, there's so many things, but I think the main thing is the actor. I think that if I can work with my actor to, to produce something real or to, yeah, just to, to feel something that's real and then have that kind of, um, you know, shine through in their performance and in their expression. I think that's ultimately what resonates with people is that if, if the person that's in front of the camera is feeling something real, then the people watching, I think inherently are going to feel what they're feeling. I also, um, I don't like to, to overload people with, with, with stuff with, uh, I don't like to tell people how to feel. And so I think that that can also be very useful. And also I think, you know, like for Lance and a neck brace, I was like, I don't want any music. Like, I don't want anything sad. I don't want anything. I want it to be like funny. Like I feel like contrast can be important in helping people feel the way you want them to feel because you're kind of tricking them I think in a, in a way you know like they think that they're going to get something but they end up getting something else and then maybe because of that contrast it makes what they're feeling more so you know if you want someone to feel sad or you want your audience to feel sad I feel like you have to kind of minimize other areas like okay like don't use sad music <laughs> or like don't you know like I think contrast is really important or like have them tell a happy story if you want people to feel sad. You know, like, I don't know, I just feel like in life things are messy and things are, you know, disjointed and and people laugh at funerals, you know, like that's life. So like, I think it's important to show that messiness in, you know, whatever you do. Mm-hmm. And I think that also helps just like make people feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't know, like and Lance in a neck brace, for example, 
just us just sitting there watching this guy just keep clicking the tapes. It's just like makes us feel so uncomfortable and it works. So yeah, yeah. I gotta while we're on Lanson and neck brace, I just have to say, like, it's just so genius from like start to finish. I love it. Just wanted to get that out there. Um, but something that because I just watched it a second time before our interview. Um, and something that I noticed this time is I noticed that it feels very like interactive. Like it's yeah. very much an interactive film. Like in the beginning, I was like, you know, while the voiceover of the tape machine is like talking about the tapes and like, you know, where you are in, in a relate or in the breakup, I was like going through my own breakup. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then like, once I got to my tape and he kept going, I was already like vulnerable from my breakup. <laughs> and now I'm like, riding his breakup and it just like works so well to get I me like I don't know I just thought it was so was that like a conscious choice to make it almost interactive or I would love to say yes that was a hundred percent conscious but I think after I wrote it then I kind of realized oh this is really cool because people are going to be inserting themselves in his breakup and I I purpose, I mean, I will say maybe it was conscious, Anthony, because I wanted very vague questions so that people could be able to do that. And I even emailed my therapist and I was like, cause I just, I had, I had the film originally was like 15 minutes long. And I was like, I have to cut this down, but I really want to cut it down and maybe cut out four questions, but then leave, but then replace them with two really good questions. And so I emailed my therapist and I was like, what questions would you ask someone who you're trying to get to move on from a breakup? And so she gave me a list of questions and then I kind of selected some to put into the tapes. So just trying to keep it, you know, vague and not super specific so that people could relate to it. Yeah, also like something I, also noticed about it is that just the details of it are so like intricate like from the just like his sweater the neck brace the the like the little testimonials on the tape like on the black and white pictures like I just like were, were those just like fun things you wanted to include to establish this look or were you just the like, um yeah. the neck brace I absolutely want needed Lance to be in a neck brace and then the sweater uh I think that was my dad's sweater and the tapes, all my production designer just completely just dreamed up of all of those details. And he was like, I think we should have testimonials on the back. And all the photos on the back are my family members because you have to get the photos cleared. So my mom and dad are on the back. My aunt is on the back. My aunt and uncle are on the back. And then my um, production designer Scott Goldstein he made like a fake logo for this fake company and then he also put that cute like bargain bin like tag on it price tag um because we imagined that Lance went to like a thrift a thrift shop and got these tapes in some kind of bargain bin so Scott put the price tag you know and it's kind of like falling off you know it, it, he just like he was the one who really made those details come to life I just, you know, came up with the name for the box. <laughs> and we worked on the cover, but all those great details are all him. Um, where did you come up with the story idea? So I actually wrote it for this contest and it was like, um, 
it was like if you come up with an idea that is two people in a room and this company likes it they'll pay for it to get made and so I wrote it and then when I was writing it I was like oh, I'll be pretty sick if like one person is coming from a cassette player and then so after I, I was like kind of like playing with that idea and then um and then I, I wrote the script and I sent it into the contest and I didn't get, I didn't win the contest, but I thought that, you know, I already have a script, so I might as well just try to do it on my own. It's really not that expensive. So that's kind of how that came about. And then um, Lance has, was in my acting class in Charlotte, North Carolina, and he's hilarious. And he's, he's like that in real life. He's very like calm and very collected. And, and I just think he has such a great comedic sensibility. And I used him as an extra in a project where I decided to put him in a neck brace. And I remember like we were all just laughing. Like it was the most hilarious thing we'd ever seen. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting character. I'm gonna like make a little note of that in my brain. And then that's kind of how Lance in a neck brace. <laughs> you just feel so much more like sympathetic towards him with the neck brace. Like he's got a, a broken heart and like a strained neck or something going on with his neck. And it's just like hurts even more. I know. And then yeah. my brain starts to think like, oh my God, is his girlfriend crazy? And like, they, he like, she what? ran him over. Like, I don't know. I know. I Wait. Poor Lance. I know he's super super talented though like his eyes like you just like are, uh, you know entranced and I'm so impressed with him too because he flew from England and oh. then two day and like a day later was acting in the short so he wow. get lagged not sleeping you know but he just like you would never know because he's just so good he was already in England and my dad was like, can you please, he's like, Chloe, if you can just get another actor here, you will save like a thousand bucks and you can use that towards your movie. And I was, and I was like debating, I was like, should I audition other people? Cause like, I'm like, this is already low budget and I'm going to have to pay to fly Lance out from London. But then I was like, no, I was like, if, if I don't have Lance, like I don't have this like I'm gonna use part of the money that I raised to fly him from England so that was my little tangent <laughs> were you confident about shooting that like I just feel like it's such it's obviously amazingly written but I feel like as a filmmaker if I were in your shoes I'd be nervous to like are the audience is the audience gonna be patient are they gonna like how do I make how do I make people you know keep looking at the screen with this kind of story were you did you ever did that ever come across your mind I think that I did I think that I but I just felt like it was a game and if the audience knew the game in the beginning I felt like they were going to have fun um and I I I just knew like deep down that like Lance was just so funny and just so interesting to watch like I felt like I could just put him in a in a room in a neck brace and just like, like have him, you know, just like look around and people would just die. Like, he's just so funny. So I think that I was really leaning on Lance to make, to make people entertained, but it was really long. I mean, it was 15 minutes and, 
you know, that's too long. So at some point it's like, okay, you know, the game is not funny anymore if it goes on for too long. Um, but I think that I was just really putting my trust in Lance to, you know, not bore people. <laughs> oh, yeah, also that's it. why I put the photo section in there. Cause I was like, I think oh, I need yeah. to break it up with something. So it's not the same thing the whole time. Thank you for reminding me of that. Of course. How did you choose those three photos? They're so like, <laughs> oh my God, dogs and I don't know. I was like, I, I was love writing them. it in my, I was writing it and I was like, oh, that'd be so funny if like there's these photos that like he has to choose from. And I was like, what are the most random, you know, photos? And then I just kind of came up with that. And then I think the one with the um the two dogs running with a stick. Um, I don't know, I don't know how the hell that came about. I think Scott. Um, I think I told Scott that I wanted um, my production designer. I said, I definitely want like a leopard eating a gazelle and I want a broken bike. Um, and the other one, I don't know. Um, and then I think he found the two dogs running with the stick. And I was like, that's perfect. So perfect. <laughs> um, and going, no, Brandon, take it away. <laughs> I was just going to... I was just going to ask about the kind of production side of things because I saw that it was a Kickstarter before um, you filmed it. And I was just wondering kind of your experience, success, failures with a Kickstarter campaign. Well, I, I had, I was really lucky that I had really amazing people donate to my Kickstarter, but I um, didn't reach my goal. So I had to give that back. But then I, my uncle was a big producer as well as my producer's family. And then I went back to some of the people that I had to give the money back to. And I said, the film is still being made. Just if you feel comfortable just writing me a check that way, like, you know, I can make it because I didn't make the goal on Kickstarter. So I was just like, okay, that's fine. I'll just, you know, do mm -hmm. it another way. Yeah. I love your sure. tenacity. Cause Thank like, you. I feel like, yeah, that's what it takes to be a filmmaker. You literally have to like, not accept no for an answer. You know Thank what I mean? You. Like, I feel you like just have, what's that? <laughs> I totally feel you. It's like, yeah, it's just like, because I feel like it's so stressful. Like you, you know, like anything, everything goes wrong. And if you let like one little thing, you know, deter you, like you're not going to get farther than, you know, day one, like, it's just like anything will go wrong. So it's like, I, yeah, that's a, it's a, right. You just have to be like, you know, well, um, I'm not eating cause I'm stressed, but we're going to make this movie. <laughs> exactly. Not eating, not sleeping, but yes. making this freaking movie. Making this movie. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. So did you get into the Sundance collab through this film? Like, or was it just, you got into Sundance? I just got into Sundance. Unbelievable. So it was so much fun. That was right in the beginning of 2020. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just so nice to like, I'm just very thankful that I got to do that and be at the festival and experience the festival in person. And all of my crew was there and my, that's the last time I've seen my parents. Um, so it was just really nice that we all had that nice, you know, kind of bonding experience. It was so much fun. Was that Sounds your first like time a dream. at, <laughs> was that your first time at, at uh, Sundance? 
Yes. And, you know, I would love a first time at Netflix too, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It was my first time and it was awesome. And it was everything that I like wanted it to be and more. It was just so much fun. And the bet, my favorite absolute, well, my absolute favorite thing was every night, just like all my crew and I, we would gather around and just share experiences of the day. And then we had like a hot tub. So we would just like sit in the hot oh. tub and be like, oh, I saw Miranda July today. Like, oh, I saw Ethan Hawk today. And he was, <laughs> yeah, that I was so that. much fun. And then my f- absolute favorite thing was um, they had, well, two f- favorite things. So the first thing was they have a director's brunch where Ooh. all the directors, it doesn't matter if you did a short, or feature, you are invited to brunch with all the directors ever of all the films. And then Robert Redford gives a talk. And so it was the craziest thing because there's like, it's like a brunch, RIP brunches. No, RIP buffets. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a brunch buffet. And Miranda July is like getting her food. And then Darren Aronofsky is over there and you can sit wherever you want. And like, there was an empty seat next to Ethan Hawke and I chickened out, but you can sit wherever <laughs> Like There was just all, I just was like, I can't believe, you know, what I'm seeing right now. And it was just so magical. And it's at the Sundance Resort and like snow was on the ground. It was very special. And then mm-hmm. the sec- my second favorite thing was they, they do this event where um, they'll screen certain shorts in front of high school students then all the high schoolers get to write their thoughts about your film on post-it notes and give it to you. And it was just phenomenal. I loved it. That was like one of my favorite things. And I love talking with the high schoolers and it was just, it was so much fun. What was the feeling of getting that email that says you have Uh. been? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got a call. I was driving into work before the pandemic I worked at a concert venue in LA and I was driving into work and um, I got a call and um, it was a programmer. And all he said was, I'm a programmer at Sundance. And I just said, oh my God, stop. No, no. And he was like, um, and then I accidentally hung up on him. And then, um, I, I Did he call into, back? He called back. And then I went into work like super annoying. And I was just like, you know, <laughs> I got the Sundance and I was like calling everyone. And then, um, then I went out and I celebrated and I almost got my car towed the next morning. So just be careful. Park. That's awesome. Do you believe that like whatever you imagine in your head will eventually come true? Sometimes. Yes. But I, I don't know. I just, I feel like if you if you like, if I can like, if I can get myself in a state of, you know, belief, then, Mm -hmm. you know, I can just convince everyone else (laughs) that uh, they're wrong and I'm, and I'm right. Or I don't know, just kind of like it. it, um, Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like uh, to be an artist, you have to be a little delusional because this is insane. Like Mm -hmm. what the heck also filmmaking, it's like the most expensive you know art form it's just ridiculous it's like you have to be a little you know a little delusional you have to like pick something and believe in it and like make yourself feel good about it and just like 
lie to yourself so that you can, you know, like keep going and then eventually, you know, like reach the milestones that you want. I'm a big proponent of lying to yourself. That's what I really want to say. <laughs> There's this great quote and it's like, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Um, yeah. And I just believe that. I just feel like, um, you know, I could, I could have just said, all right, NYU, you know, I guess not, <laughs> you know, good enough. But I was like, I was just lying to myself. I was like, no, Chloe. And like, if, you know, if I wasn't that like, you know, delusional or whatever, just like, you know, I wouldn't have, you know, done all, I wouldn't do most of the things I do if I wasn't a little delusional. Are you like, I know you act as well and you write and yes. direct, like, are you ever going to write and write something and direct something that you also want to act in? I really want to try because I feel like that is the best, you know, um, I wrote, actually wrote something for myself to act in. So I would love to make that one day. Um, I certainly would love to, to just try it. I think that, you know, that's kind of the next great challenge is to see if, if I can pull that off. Um, so yeah, that I really want to try that. What is your next step that you're going to take to get you one step closer to becoming a director slash actor? I really just, if you have any ideas, let me know. <laughs> uh, I, I have like some projects that I, I have ideas, you know, that I have. And so at this point, it's just like, you know, um, being lucky to collaborate with a company or producer who, you know, wants to help bring these projects to life. I have my feature written and I have ideas for other features and I have an idea for a TV show. So I think at this point, it's like, I'm just ready to team up with someone who is ready, like I am to kind of, you know, get to the next tier, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like, let's go 2021. <laughs> yes. I'm ready. But yeah, I've been like, I've been getting really great meetings from the feature that I wrote. I think that um, it, it's probably helpful if I have more writing samples um, than just the one. Um, but I've been very fortunate to meet a lot of really great people with that script. So, um, but yeah, I think I just need to keep churning, which has been hard because I'm an extrovert. I don't know if you've noticed. Extroverted, like I get my ideas by like running into people and like, you know, Uber pooling and like talking to strangers and like, right. that's how I get ideas. So like, this has been, I mean, this has been a challenging year for everyone, but creative, creatively, I feel like some people are thriving and some people are like, I don't know what is going. And for me, it's kind of been a little challenging this year creatively because I'm not, I feel like I'm not really able to fully like, you know, live life or, or you know, talk to people I don't know. <laughs> How many doors has Sundance opened for you? I, I was really lucky before I went to Sundance, I signed with my agent. So I, all, before Sundance, I was already going on generals and meeting people. And so I'm very fortunate in that regard. I think what Sundance definitely did was it, it, it really affirmed, it was self-affirming affirming for me to keep going. And then also I think that Sundance, I think when I go to my meetings, it's always that 
you know, kind of layer of, okay, you know, of credibility towards me mm -hmm. as a filmmaker. So, you know, I was definitely going on meetings before, but I think that's, I think that Sundance really just is kind of a badge of approval that has really been helpful to me in terms of, I think people maybe trusting me a little bit more, um, maybe, you know, yeah, giving me more credibility. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 I just kind of think it's kind of like, you know, I feel confident in myself. And I, I think that maybe in my meetings, people feel a little bit more confident with me because of that. Holly, what, <laughs> what's the biggest thing that you've learned as a filmmaker? Oh, Brandon, that's such a good question. <laughs> Let me think. Well, I think I'll steal Katie's um, really good nugget of knowledge where she was saying like, you just can't take no for an answer. Um, and I feel like that's so true because like I said, like any, everything will go wrong um, and you're gonna be really anxious and you're going to cry and you're going to um, be like, why did I do this? This is heinous, um, but you just have to do it. Um, and I think that filmmaking has taught me to be persistent um, and to just, you know, go after what I want. I think that that has been very important. Um, I also believe in surrounding myself with people who I think are more talented than me. Um, and, and just learning to just pick people who I really trust and really admire and then lean on them <laughs> tremendously and say, you know, okay, well, what do you think this shot should be? Because, you know, I, I want to, you know, I love your vision. I love the way you think, like, what do you think should happen? And, and just to be very open because Lance in a neck brace, I really just, I was thinking of doing it all as a oneer, all like static, just Lance flipping tapes. And then my DP, Chris was like, well, no, I, I just feel like there are big beats in this piece. Like, let's find the dramatic beats Let's find where he really changes and then come up with angles that are different that or, or moves that we can really like show this, you know, change. And I was like, that's really, really smart. But I wouldn't have listened if I was so stubborn, you know, you have to be stubborn to do it. But then I think you have to be very fluid, you know, when it comes to working with your crew. And also, I feel like the biggest thing I learned in film school is that people will pay mad money for lenses and cameras, production design. But when it comes to acting, they just kind of like, that's like the last thing that people think about. Right. In school. And so for me, like I was, you know, it's just important to always remember that like, yes, you can have nice lenses. Yes, you can have a nice camera, but people go to the movies to watch the people that are in the movies. So acting, yeah. actors should be your first priority I feel like as a director like that always comes first because if you don't have that you don't have anything you cannot yeah. fix that acting <laughs> yeah I feel like most audience members don't even like notice anything but what you said the people exactly. like my mom my mom doesn't know what cinematography is like I try to show her like a good like, like isn't that shot beautiful she's like what are you talking what are you about, talking like, about? Yeah. yeah so yeah. true so just like you know get get good actors that's like one of the biggest things I'll probably think of um, a bunch of other uh, a bunch of other nuggets, you know. 
and this is over, but those are the ones that come to me. One last thing I want to touch on, and then we will wrap this up, and that's your experience on The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was so much fun. <laughs> so basically, Brandon, I, uh, you know, I moved back home from NYU because I was broke and uh, had no job. Um, I had this idea that like when I graduated, someone would just come to me and be like, here's what you'll do for money. Thank you. That did not happen. So I moved back home and I started working for this production company and my bosses at that company are still my, you know, they're basically family to me now. I talk to my bosses, like my old bosses every day. And so I had been auditioning, you know, I got back home and I was like, I really love acting. I'm going to start auditioning. And my agent, I had auditioned for Walking Dead, like probably five times. And then the last audition I did, you know, you never hear back. And then um, like a month later, I was watching a movie with my mom and, um, and then I got a call from my agent at like nine o'clock at night. That was like, you uh, got this part on the walking dead. You didn't audition for it, but the producer saved an audition tape you did a month ago and held on to it for this role. And I was like, okay. Um, and they're like, it's recurring. We're waiting for, for network approval now so we'll let you know when the network approves you and then you need to be in Atlanta tomorrow for costume fitting and I was like okay I just started this job at this production company but now I have to go to them and be like I know I just started working but like I have to go to Atlanta sorry um which is what I did and my boss was like you have to go to Atlanta just go we don't care. like you need to do this um so I go to Atlanta I do my costume fitting I'm so nervous I don't think people have people ever been nervous for costume fittings? I don't know, but I was so nervous. And then I didn't know anything about my character. They're very secretive. So I got the script. I, you know, got my sides. And then um, I, you know, I think I ended up meeting, I can't remember when I met, cause I was in a, with a group of people. Um, okay, wait, wait, no, 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 this is better. Okay, so I'm on set. <laughs> I've never been on a big set. Like I, I had like my first, this is like my first speaking job. Cause my first, first job, job, first SAG job, I said one line and I like ran out of a door. So this is like my first time, like being on set and like having like a speaking part. And um, I didn't understand what stand-ins were for. And I didn't understand first team, second team. So like, and I didn't understand like hitting marks. So I just like, you know, think like the first episodes I was in, I don't speak, which was fantastic because I could kind of, I was learning, you know, and they say first team out, I would just stand there. And then the the, the stand-ins would be like, you can go like, we're here now. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. So <laughs> I, um, and I remember I just like, didn't eat anything because I was so nervous. I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't eat lunch and I was just like so scared and I um I brought a book and I like didn't even really read the book I was just like looking at the same words over and over I just like wanted to look like busy and important um, <laughs> and it was so much fun and then and then I ended up I think I'm on I'm in six episodes so the more I went down the more I started uh, to learn more about the you know the set you know kind of etiquette and it was really, really, really 
amazing, very stressful and really hard because it's like, you have to do like everything right at once. Um, and with TV, especially as you all probably know, like you have to be word perfect. So, you know, if you, you know, you can do everything right, but if you miss like one word or you replace a word with a word, like it's no good, you have to do it again. Um, but that was a lot of fun because I just, I remember like um, one of my, this, one of my uh, like people I was acting with, I was, I said, I, we were just met and I was like, I'm really nervous. I said, I, I honestly don't know what I'm doing. And she goes, whatever you do, just don't ever say that out loud. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm just going to pretend <laughs> that I know what I'm doing. Um, but it was a really nice set. Everyone was so nice. I mean, everyone was so nice. No one, like there are no, there are no divas, you know, everyone is just so kind and considerate. And like, I remember, you know, during lunch, so stressful. Like I went up to like makeup and hair and I was like, can I sit with you? And they were like, absolutely. Like just sit with us. Um, so it was a really, really great experience. That was a long answer, Brandon, but. No, it, it was great though. It's a great story. Do you, <laughs> do you, how, how much do you think that that first experience of this massive set, how do you think that like paved the way for your future? I feel like now I am a little less nervous or will be less nervous. I mean, I think I'll always be a little nervous, but I think that that really helped to kind of calm my anxiety because I felt like my first, you know, big speaking role was so big, you know, like on such a big scale on such a big show that I feel like, you know, moving forward, I'm not going to be that timid anymore because I, that's kind of what I started with. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like in that way, that's probably what I'll carry with me to my next job. You're stranded on an island. Okay. <laughs> and you get three DVDs that you can oh. watch. Which three DVDs do you pick? Well, that's a really good question. Okay. I'm going to like try to channel my, you know, my brain. Um, I love Edward Scissorhands um so much so I will take Edward Scissorhands I need to take like a really dumb comedy like I need to take either like Wedding Crashers super bad or Blades of Glory because I <laughs> hell yes <laughs> to, like make me laugh and balance me out um and so yeah I need Edward Scissorhands to make me like you know have hope in humanity and like feel and then I need a dumb comedy to make me laugh um I need three dvds Brandon what <laughs> um okay I well, I'm gonna cancel the dumb comedy and I'm gonna add some like it hot because Ooh, that I is love that yes! and yes, it's yes. so funny and it's also like a really good movie so I'll have Edward Scissorhands, Some Like It Hot. And then, um, why is this so, it's just the one more. I'm just gonna pick, you know, I'll just pick something out of a, you know, doesn't have to be right. I, uh, 
man, I'm not good at this. I think I should take like true romance or like um, like a Quentin Tarantino movie for sure. Um, so I'll say like true romance, some like it hot, and Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> Love that. It only takes 20 minutes, but you have it. <laughs> well, that's it's all so we hard have. to choose. It's so hard. That's all we have for you today <laughs> for the podcast. Um, thank you. It was so nice to meet all of you. And I can't wait to meet you all in person. It's going to be so much fun. And Anthony, good luck with your, with, well, you know, your thank you. tomorrow, right? I'm or leaving tomorrow um, or no, in two days. But okay. it's, good luck yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be insane. <laughs> but I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. Well, take care, everyone. You too, Chloe. You Thank too. you again. Yes, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like, like what we're doing, please like, share, give us five stars, and rate, review, share with your friends. Love you guys. Until next time. Ciao. Thanks for listening. As always, happy yeah. new year, guys. Yeah.